everybody, and welcome to another episode of the RXP Podcast, where three working professionals come together and talk about their love for movies, TV shows, and video games. My name's Tiffany, and I'm going to be your host for this monumental episode, And my co, which I'll explain in a second, but first, let me introduce my co-hosts, as always, Matt. What's going on? And Alex. Welcome to the end of 2022. Yeah, 2022 is ending, and this is one of my absolute favorite episodes to record, where we sit back and reflect on our favorite top six non-gaming experiences of 2022. Now, you know, the tagline of our show is that, like, we're three working professionals, right? And we're, like, just trying to fit in the best things um, that we like to do, and we're trying to tell the audience that we 100% wholeheartedly recommend these experiences, and we think you should check it out yourself. So now, if you're curious about, well, when are, I'm, I want to hear about video games, don't worry, that's our next episode. Our next episode, we'll talk about top six video game experiences of 2022. But today... So if you want to get notified about that episode, just subscribe down, you know, below here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast service. Yeah, or that. get We got to get that plug in, you know what I mean? Listen to all of our content. <laughs> um, but today's episode is about non-gaming. What does that mean? Movies, TV shows, books, live action experiences... Who knows? The game, you know, we, we were going to run the gamut today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took it upon ourselves to rank these as hard or as easy as this may have been. OK, so we're doing our best. And why top six? Because we want to. This is our show. Top five is not enough. OK. OK. So I'm I'm honestly just going to open the floor real quick. Who wants? T- well, let, let's do honorable mentions. Honorable mentions first. Should we do that or should we so do, what should we do top six? Honorable mention? Is this things that we did experience that just didn't make the list or things that we're going to experience sometime this year still, but like we just didn't have time? Um, Both. I'm going to say both. Uh, okay. You know, a little in, a little bit of peekings under the curtain for our listeners. We have about two weeks. We're recording this episode when we have about two weeks left in the year. Exactly two weeks, actually. We have exactly two weeks left. So, you know, two weeks, that's a lot of days. That's mm-hmm. 14 days. That's a lot of hours. That's Math 20, checks out. 24 times 14. So, you know, a, a lot of things could be happening. A lot of things could turn the tide. Um, yeah, so should, should I go first? <laughs> sure. <Well>, honorable, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, honorable mentions. So one thing that I did not make the list that I – would recommend 100% if this if you still have time to go or if it ever comes back. So there is a Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience that is in two parts of the country. There is one in New York and one near DC. And I had the pleasure of going to this experience. It is outside. It's an outdoor walking adventure where the this forest area is set up to be like a Harry Potter like experience. I mean, it's literally called the Forbidden Forest Experience, right? So it's kind of in the name. So it's like you're walking around this forest and there's photo ops and interactive sections in this walk. I di- they also have food and merch. So you can eat like 
Cornish pasties or bangers and mash. Oh, that's and so cool. yeah, and like have hot beverages like hot chocolate or hot cider. I got hot apple cider like on the entry into going into the experience. And then at midway, there's like another rest stop, like a village. And I got spiked ap- hot apple cider, which was deli- like r- with rum or like it was probably rum. Um, and so it was very hot. It was very mm-hmm. cold. I mean, the drinks were very warm and hot and delicious. And then the walk was very cold because I went in the wintertime in like November. And it was a delightful time. They had a lot of interactive things. You could bring your own wand or you could, um, you know, have use the wand that at their disposal. And it was a really fun time. It was kind of pricey to be completely honest. I think it depends on the night that you go. I went on a Saturday night, so it was like pretty expensive. Like my ticket was like like a little over sixty dollars, oh, wow. okay. um, including parking that I split with a group. Um, but I had a great. You know, there was a buck beak there, like the hippogriff, oh, and when so you cool. bowed, they bowed back. Like you know. I think there was a dude. There was a totally a, a dude working there that I think was hitting a button every time you bowed. But that's just beside me. I mean, that's a little bit into the magic. Who what are you knows? It, didn't, about? it was yeah, magic. It was magic. It didn't break the experience for me. But I thought, as if you're a Harry Potter fan, that was a once, not a once in a lifetime. But like it was, it was great, right? It's like it was like no rides, right? This isn't Universal Studios, but you got to walk around and do it. Loved it. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Like, would recommend. But it did not make my list because there were other things going on. Second, um, I would love to watch the new Knives Out movie, which is going to be coming out on Netflix near Christmas time. Knives Out a Glass Onion. I'm looking forward to watching that. And I'm curious if that movie could make my list. I do love a good murder mystery I've come to realize that over the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like from what I've heard from reviews that it could potentially make it. But who knows? I don't know. That's what I I'm, I'm right there with you. Like that's definitely on my list of something that if we were to actually record this at the end of 2022, I'm pretty sure like I have some movies, spoilers on this list. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure that that movie might overtake some of the other movies on my list. Um, with that, uh, a show that I have started and I have gotten through most of the way, I'm actually two episodes behind, um, which is Andor. Andor is something where yes. it's honestly one of the best dramas that I've seen in a long time. The unfortunate thing is there's 12 episodes and I wow. got really behind and I tried my best. I was telling Manny, I was like, I got to try to get through this. By the time we record because i feel like it's going to make my top list and i think it honestly will because it's really having a really great climax right now fantastic acting fantastic you could just tell the money that they put into this series awesome one of the best disney plus shows out there so if you if you want to check that out i would um tentatively give you a recommendation to go do it um, but unfortunately i'm a little bit short i'm on episode 10 out of 12 so and they're like an hour long they're a full hour so oh, wow like it is there's it is some chunky material but it is it's really good and then one experience that i would say supersedes this list that i just wanted to get out there because it is the top experience of the year 
probably a top experience. Well, I would say it's a top experience of the life, which is I got married. I got to meet Alex in person. It was a great day. Um, we went to Portland for our honeymoon. and It was awesome. And we had really good food. Maine. Portland, Portland Maine. Maine. Yeah. And, and not Oregon. Yeah, not Portland, Oregon. And I wanted to give a shout out because I, I do think it's a, a great top experience. But I'm not going to talk about it because, you know, we could probably have more banter on other things. And it's it's over that. You can't even rank that, right? It's not a one through six. Like, it's, it's a thing that's in a rank of itself. So shout out to that. Go get married, everybody. <laughs> that's my <laughs> I recommendation. Literally, that, <laughs> I literally was like, if he says he's his top experience is getting married and meeting, I would actually know. I said, if he says his top experience is meeting Alex, I would literally throw my computer across the screen or across the room. But my computer's here. I'm not throwing it. It was but great. I love it. I when love I it. get the prints of like you, you two, me and Yasser all getting a picture at my wedding, I will print it out, put it in a frame, and send it to you guys because it's going to be really special, and I can't wait to see it. That's but they're still in development, so we'll see. Okay, I was about to say, I was about to be like, I want to see the photos. I, like, manhandled your photographer to get group photos of yeah. all of them. Yeah, she was awesome. She was so great. I didn't manhandle her. She was just great. She noticed how I was struggling to try to take a selfie, and mm-hmm. she's like, nah, I can, you want me to help you? And I was like, yes, please help me. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why... I co-host the show with the both of you because just like you two, I know the glass onion would be nice. on my top six if I had experienced it prior to us recording this. But alas, you know, recording early, so it's not there yet. And the other thing I want to uh, honorably mention is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, so, you know, I saw this earlier in the year, came out, I think, in February. And while it was definitely a memorable movie, I don't think it was, it didn't get quite there for me to say it's one of the, my top six non-gaming experiences for 2022, but I did really enjoy it as it being very non-traditional, you know, very, you know, obscure in terms of the references it makes and the things it makes it, you know, makes up on its own. So I want to shout that movie out. You know, I was wondering if you were going to mention that movie because I remember you watched it. And so I made a point to watch it myself because I was like, in case this is on his list, I want to be able to talk about it. And it did not make my list either. Um, and honest, it didn't make my honorable mentions either. <laughs> so I think I'm probably much cooler on it than most people. I think it's gotten a lot of acclaim. And I think it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. But one, I also watched it on the plane. And I think that that's a, a bias against it because it's looking back, it's not a movie that i would want to watch on a plane again like it, it is definitely a, a a movie of subtleties and i think that some of that was lost just because you know there was screaming babies and you know all the all the things that you normally have on a plane so good movie though and just like in the theater too you know obviously every family is bringing their child to see everything everywhere all at once right the top family movie of the year yeah yeah, um, I saw that movie and I had a lot of mixed emotions about it. I thought it was very relatable as like an Asian American um, from an immigrant family. But I also was like very thrown off by like I like I appreciated seeing it. I don't know that I'd ever watch it again. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there are movies that I would 100% watch again and I have. But this one, I was like, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw the messages in it. The one thing that I thought was one of the more most relatable things that I thought was hilarious was when Michelle Yeoh's character calls Ratatouille Rekakuni, 
And the number of times that my mother has j- jumbled up words <laughs> to like, <laughs> but to explain, you just chosen the wrong collection mm-hmm. of words to say something. I've, I died. I, I literally, I died laughing because I was like, my mom does that and I love her for it. And, you know, I love Michelle Yeoh for it. Um, but yeah, that movie definitely, I, I don't know that I could recommend. I don't know that I could actually recommend it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's dependent on the individual I'm talking to. I feel like when it comes on streaming, I will recommend it. It's okay. really hard to find right now. Like you have to pay for it. And from what I know, I think it's one of those movies, though. I, I saw this piece about Avatar, where Avatar is the most successful movie that has zero cultural impact. Like, it was a very bold statement, but they were basically talking about how it's very much a mixing pot of movies that have come before and ha- doesn't really add much to, like, culture in the sense of new movies aren't going to base a lot of their tactics and, and their story and their plot devices on Avatar, the first Avatar movie. Right. I would say it's the opposite for everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it's very bombastic. I think if there's a lot of, like, the story with parallel universes I think they could glean a lot from that movie. And I think that future movies could use that and have an impact on future movies that could be movies right down our alley. So I'd be interested to watch it again. I would probably recommend it to people if it's on streaming because I do think it's one of those... I think it's going to be bigger than what I realize right now, if that makes any sense. It, yeah. And, you know, to be completely honest, I'm very curious about if it's going to take any Oscars, you know... Yeah. All that might. stuff. So we'll see come springtime or mm-hmm. late winter, midwinter. I don't know. Okay. So honorable mentions out of the way. Who knows? We might be thrown in more throughout the splattering of this conversation. Um, but now we're going to start our official list of top 2022 experiences. Non-gaming. Asterisk. Right now. Who would like to go first with number six? I'll start. Okay. I think that, you know, this is this is a really good year. I, I was telling both of you, I think I think you had gotten there in time, Tiffany, that or I know I was talking to Alex at least, that this might be harder for me to make a top six because I, I think for the first time this year, TV shows have really come to the forefront. Bumped it up. It's usually my third media choice you know after yeah movies, that's true after video games tv shows has up the game this year and so i feel like this was pretty tough for me but as far as number six for me um, i'm gonna start off with a movie with top gun maverick uh, it's surprising okay. that it even came out this year but the movie in itself is just a, like it's a cinematic masterpiece it, it is something where you're leaving the theater and going, we saw something special. I don't know if you guys watched it, but the way, the cinematography of it, the way that they were able to record G-Force, not that they were trying to portray onto the characters, but actual G-Force that the actors and actresses were going through in a cockpit and make that story something that was exciting because there was actually happening to the actors as they went through they went through rigorous training and in the amount of effort that they did to make this movie um rewatch top gun after it and i was like you know top gun is one of those things where a lot of people think it's a good movie it's honestly not like if you rewatch it it's basically like snl shorts 
all stitched together with barely any plot. And Top Gun Maverick is a little bit of that, but it's much better. Uh, you get feel, you get heart, there's, there's something at stake. And, you know, I was worried I was going to be like, is this going to be something like very basic war movie? And it wasn't like it was it had a lot of heart and a lot of feel. And honestly, one of the best shot movies of the year. So definitely something if you can watch it, watch it, even if you're not into war or if you're not into, um, you know, planes, you know, or dogfighting. Um, watch it. It's it's the best one of those movies. It definitely has great, great performances. And it's something that I do think will be at the Oscars. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of nods, especially with cinematography, sound design, some of those things. So give it a watch. Okay, cool. I, I have a friend that says Maverick is the number one movie of the year for her. Um, nice. I have never seen Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I should watch Top Gun before I see Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, um, but I got to figure out where to do that. Um, but point. I've heard really good things. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to it in everything that Top Gun did well, it made it better. In all the things that it faulted, it kind of went away from that. Um, it's not a perfect movie by any chance. It's not my movie of the year, but it's a good one. Okay. So... My number six is something that might shock both of you. I don't know. But my number six is the Marvel TV show, She-Hulk. So I know I'm a lot warmer on this than Matt, Mm -hmm. but I loved this sitcom. It was so different from the other TV shows that came before it. There were some parts that I thought was a little much... Um, and then some parts where I was, I was like eating it up, like the twerking thing at like, at one point I was like, what's going on here? Like, we don't, I don't need this in my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know I, shaming on twerking. It's just like, I'm like, Twerk you spent, shaming. you spent budget on animating her twerking. <laughs> she hulk twerking. But anyway, so, you know, basic plot line is like, uh, this lady, this lady, I like forgot her name. I don't remember She-Hulk's. You can just give over regular. Name. I don't need the specifics. Specific. Okay, yeah. So She-Hulk. I say this number six experience, and I don't even remember her name. Um, but She-Hulk That's why basically it's not number five. It's fine. comes. Yeah, comes into her own powers um, after you know Bruce Banner and her have this accident, and then she's just like navigating be that she's navigating her new powers, but also trying to just stay nor- quote unquote normal and keep mm-hmm. up with being a lawyer, and honestly the law parts in the beginnings really could have been a little bit beefier um in terms of like a lawyer show because it's not like mm-hmm. the greatest lawyer show that I've ever seen but the comedy i thought was hilarious the ending was unexpected and i loved it and it was just a joyous time it's not it was nine episodes half hour super quick like mm-hmm. honestly like could almost be a little bit like feel like just a little bit longer of a movie and it was funny and like I just really liked it it was just so different and then also the fact that we're seeing a perspective of like a a character a woman in her 30s just trying to like navigate being in like a male-dominated industry of like you know law and stuff I don't like just some of the commentary was just so unique that I very much enjoyed it and I had a good time so 
I would recommend watching She-Hulk if you're a Marvel fan, or even if you're not a Marvel fan, to be honest, just to like watch mm-hmm. something funny. I think it was good, and I don't want to come off as a hater of She-Hulk. It's, yeah, it's not, you're not. It didn't make my list, yeah. but I think it was good. One thing I do appreciate from some of these Disney Plus shows, um, there's like an IGN article that talks about all the loose ends of the MCU, and it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's crazy how many loose ends. And what I appreciate about She-Hulk is like, it, it tied up some of those loose ends. It's like, what is Abomination doing with Wong? Like, that storyline yeah. is, is fleshed out, and now we don't have to waste time in a big movie because it was just part of She-Hulk. I did, like, I enjoyed my time for the most part. I think I had issues certain places, and you can, you know, catch our... Didn't we do a peer review on that? No. Did we not? No, we didn't. We just we talked didn't. about it? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, well, anyway. um, You know, I didn't care for the ending, I guess. Um, Since we didn't record it, I guess it doesn't exist, my opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, um, but don't, no spoilers. No spoilers or anything, but, you know, I think overall it was a good time. And the cool thing about that over Andor is it's so bite-sized. You can yes. definitely get into it very easy. So, yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Thank you. There's parts of the Marvel that's for both of us and part sections for each of us. Yeah, exactly. And you can be like me and not watch any of the shows that came out this year and just watch the movies. <laughs> Did any of those movies make your number six spot? Spoilers for this, no. Okay. <laughs> and for the rest of my list. Anyway, you know, my my number six, and this is something, so spoilers for this as well, but you've probably already seen it because it's been making the rounds on the internet, and it is the World Coronation Series of Pokemon, wherein, finally, Ash Ketchum has become world champion. Wow. So after his long running journey of literally 25 years... This is the 25th year anniversary of the show. They decided to allow Ash to finally win a world championship and become a Pokemon master as he's sought out to do after so many years of, you know, journeying through different regions. And this is my number six mostly because I, so to preface this, I only watched the final battle, which was Ash versus Leon, who was the, you know, the champion of uh, Sword and Shield generation, the Galar region. And let me tell you, this is like a Dragon Ball Z level fight where the battle took four episodes. Wow. Wow. To like show everything, right? It's six V six. They both have their full teams. And, you know, it's, it's my number six for two reasons. One being Ash finally getting his dream, right? Achieving his goal. And I know that in reading some interviews that uh, when writing the story, you know, the showrunners for Pokemon want, uh, intentionally designed it to be that Ash typically lost uh, in order to, you know, give the message to say it's okay to lose. Like the outcome really doesn't matter, but it's the journey that, you know, brings you to your end goal is what really matters, right? It's these experiences he makes with his Pokemon with the friends he makes along the way, even with the gym leaders he faces and beats and loses to also. And ultimately, it became my number six because there's a moment, and so obviously I preface this with spoilers, so there'll be spoilers for this, uh, where it comes down to their Ash's final Pokemon, obviously Pikachu, and Leon's final Pokemon, which was Charizard. Of course. And they do... Okay, before I get to that, I just want to mention... 
What's also amazing about this battle is that Ash Dynamaxes and uses a Z move, and um, he doesn't terrestrialize because that's not in the show yet. But uh, now I forget what the other like big gimmick is. There's like a third like gimmick from one of the past games that he also uses, but he uses like the main mechanics from the recent games like in the battle. Mm-hmm. And it's like so awesome to like see these things like from the games and from the other regions that he's able to employ. And which, that's like such I, a nice reflection. Can I ask which Pokemon Dynamaxed? Uh Gengar <gasps> and Pikachu. Oh, two nice. Dynamaxing. And that's what's really interesting because, right, normally you can only Dynamax one Pokemon during yeah. a battle, but there's a story plot during the battle that happens that allows them to Dynamax a second time. Can I, re- okay, before you, can you tell me his Ash's lineup? Do you remember his six? I need to know. Like, so I need- the six, he has Gengar. Of OG number one for me. Yeah, OG. Like in Gen 1, Gengar is my favorite Pokemon from Gen 1. He has a uh, Galarian, I think it's Galarian Farfetch'd. Okay, so a Surfer. So, like, is it evolved? He's got the sword and shield, the, sword the leak sword yeah. and the nice. shield, yep. He has Dragonite. Oh, these are all OG. Okay. Oh, we're going to get there. He okay. also has the Fossil Pokemon from the Galar region, which was like the tail. Like, it was like the weird, you know how in Sword and Shield they had like the weird, like, shapes? Yeah. For the fossil Pokemon, it was just like a tail with a mouth on its head, but it was a dragon type. I forget its name, but okay. it looks really strange. Okay. But he has that, and uh, let's see, what else does he have? Oh, man, I'm I'm forgetting. Obviously, he has Pikachu, but I okay, think so that's, that's only five. five. Yeah, that's five. So what was his sixth one? Are we going to try it to help should... him out? Are we going to Google it real quick? Azure, here I have a follow-up question, Azure, you know. Googling. refreshing your mind slash googling yeah. um is ash does ash age or is he like 40 meeting his dreams i don't actually know because i haven't wa- kept up with the series so i don't know if they're like de-aging him or so if he they're doesn't just like... saying like this all takes place in like a year or okay. something i don't know okay all right is it lucario Yes, Lucario. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh man, how could how could I forget yeah, Lucario? Yeah, Lucario. Oh no, he mega evolves. That's the mega evolve. That's yes. it. Yeah. So he mega evolves Lucario, and he Gigantamaxes Gengar and Pikachu. So obviously, you know, Gigantamax Pikachu is just an, a nod to Fat Pikachu, and then Gigantamax Gengar is when he's like in the ground, but he's got like a really big mouth, and then yes. his like tongue is like flapping around. Yeah, oh, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Okay. And then he Z moves with Pikachu as well. So like amazing. Like the fact that they use all three mechanics in the fight is such a great culmination. Nice. Um, but the point I was getting back to the thing, the moment during the battle, the four episodes that really got me was when it's down to Pikachu versus Charizard. And they do, you know, a moves that they collide with each other. And, you know, obviously they do the dramatic effect of like, oh, like, which Pokemon's going to pass out first? Mm -hmm. And it looks to be Pikachu. But while Pikachu, and it's from Pikachu's perspective, his eyes close and then it kind of whites out the screen. So you think, oh, God, yeah, Pikachu fainted. But then it goes into like this dream state where Pikachu wakes up. And he sees old school Squirtle and Bulbasaur standing over him. And this is like Squirtle with the glasses, like the shades. <gasps> oh, Squirtle, nice. Squirtle Squad. Right. 
and he gets up and then it flashes through these like images of showing every team that ash used through the show so oh like all six pokemon from like eight different generations like it's this team of six the og team and then this team of six and it goes through and it's like eight different teams and ash comes through and it is the emotion of saying hey we're with you that allows pikachu to get back up and then they do one more move where it's like charizard versus pikachu that ends the battle and ultimately pikachu wins and it's this thing of saying hey look at the journey we've been on and then we finally get to the end and that's like the power that allows pikachu to win right to to come through in the end and so it's just this emotional journey to see even though i didn't watch most of the shows to be satisfied by this ending and like having Ash um, finally win. And what's interesting is, so they obviously announced that the show is going to continue with the new protagonist. Yeah. I saw and that. And what's cool is if you notice her hair clip that the new protagonist has is the same weird green swoosh that is on Ash's hat. So a little bit of, and Ash's original hat, obviously from like the, that yeah. he wears. Cause he ch- does change hats at least throughout the, the, show. the shows mm-hmm. or the seasons and so a little bit of ash continues to live on in the new characters design so i can appreciate that but yeah definitely with pokemon being something that is connected between the three of us right i've played every single generation of pokemon and you know even up to the most recent releases scarlet and violet uh it's just a great kind of culmination of that experience so you would recommend watching those last four episodes at least the final battle I would recommend, you know, if you're able to. Yep. Okay. Where's it on? Like, do you stream it any sort of? You know, the websites have it. We won't <laughs> okay, get into cool. the details. You mean, it's just on online. Got it. It got is it. available. It's available. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I see what you're saying. So something that maybe is a little bit easier to stream legally is Stranger Things Season 4. My number five top experience of this year. Um, Yasser and I talked ad nauseum about season four and our thoughts on Stranger Things as a whole. Fantastic series. Honestly, one of my favorite series that, that Netflix has done up to this point and that they're able to still bring it and it be a debate between Yasser and I about like, is this the best season? And that it's in the running on season four is like such a beautiful thing. Hope you know, I think season five will come out and I think that'll be it. But um, what a fantastic season. I think it was had everything that you would want. It's not higher on this list because of certain plot armor choices that they gave towards the end. I don't know if did either of you watch season four? Mm-mm. No. Nope. Okay, cool. So I'm like really killing it for this uh, picking things that we can all talk about so <laughs> far. <laughs> no, but it, this I, is I, what I this episode's really about. Just to show the differences yeah. in the it's taste, true, right? It's true. Yeah, um, and I want to hear about it because you're recommending it to me. You know, maybe I'm going to check it out. It's so good. The the thing that kills it for, for me and Yasser, because Yasser and I talk about, you know, we've talked about a lot on this show and just in person. It's like the biggest thing that draws us to a TV show or movie is character development. Character Mm -hmm. development, character development, character development. It is such a huge part of Stranger Things. And some of the arcs that some of these characters go through and maybe finish or, you know, have some sort of culmination um, is beautiful. And the amount of, there's a lot of 
um, lore, like Dungeons and Dragons lore, which I did not know. Like the person that cuts my hair supposedly knows all about Dungeons and Dragons. Like she like read books and plays the game and, and all these things. And she was telling me her theories that she had heard based upon certain big characters that may or may not have been introduced in season four, um, which I'm really stoked about. I think they could really do some really cool things on the next season to really even add more character development. Um, I don't want to spoil it because, you know, there's four seasons there. Go watch them. It's such a good time. Like if you're, if you're looking for, you know, characters that will grow older with you and will show that character development that you normally would see in real life. Like they give enough time and four seasons to really see them grow up and become really cool, really cool characters, um, which makes me love to see them as licensed characters in one of my favorite games of all time, Dead by Daylight, that I play all the time, which should be on every list that I do for video games, but it won't be because, you know, I would just be talking about it every year in December. But seeing Steve there, seeing Nancy there, them theorizing that there's going to be another Stranger Things Dead by Daylight chapter release soon. It's going to be awesome. So um, go watch it if you can. If you if you stopped in like season two or season three, plow through. Season four is one of the best. I think it's my favorite series or favorite season of a fantastic series. So go watch it. I feel like this is an attack on my number six because Ash virtually stays the same age and doesn't really grow up or change. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's like, how much is he developing? He's still 12. (laughs) (laughs) So my number five experience this year is something that actually came out last year. So this thing came out May of last year, 2021. And my number five experience that I would wholeheartedly recommend to everyone who can read is the book Project Hail Mary. I got this book for Christmas last year. So Christmas 2021, um, it was gifted to me. And I only finally got to reading it this past summer. And I couldn't put it down when I started it. I loved it. It was really good. It's written by Andy Weir, uh, who wrote The Martian. And Project Hail Mary is about... it. Like, it literally... The story opens up about opens up with this guy who is very confused he's like where am i and then basically comes to realize that he's on a spaceship and he's like why am i on a spaceship and then he starts essentially the story unfolds with his memory slowly coming back and him overcoming adversity with science and engineering and this the story was so good. It's going to be made into a movie, which mm. I'm oh, so excited about. Ryan Gosling is set to star as this guy. And I'm I'm here for it. And I cannot wait to watch this movie. I've also heard uh, like a really great things about the audiobook. I did okay. not read the audiobook, but I've heard or listened to the audiobook. And I've heard no one reads the audiobook. Yeah, I know. Dude, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, actually, one person does. The person that's recording the audiobook. It's only one reader. That's true. Well that's played. True. That apparently the audiobook is phenomenal. The book is phenomenal. Like I, I can't recommend it enough. Honestly, how long is the book? That's a great question. Um, I believe it's like 
It's not that long, but I can, long. I can, okay. I can tell you. Did you well, read what do you The consider? Martian? I did read The Martian. I read how The Martian. How did The Martian compare to the movie? Like, how did that compare? Because I love the movie. I really, I love the book as well. I, I like The Martian book. And okay. I love the movie. I love both of them. Like, Is it but the it's same director that directed The Martian? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, and then my, the last, book, my last random um, question aside. for you as I yeah. interrogate you. Um, yeah. Is it coming out soon? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know that the movie's coming out soon. I mean, because like, okay, so I looked at the book. I guess it's soon enough to have a cast, but maybe not next year. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, the book, The Martian, or sorry, the book, um, Project Hail Mary, is 476 pages. Okay. So to me, that's not that long. I feel like once it hits like, over 500 or so like that's kind of where we get um to like yeah, a, those maybe extra a li- 30 pages would be the, the difference okay maker. <laughs> okay we don't need that oh oh some of us have to oh, sound right. wait, out wait. every time that we read a book you know it takes us that's about true. a year to okay now like, wait a second i just i forgot i can't person believe that records the audiobook yeah exactly. i cannot believe that i didn't like remember this because i think i knew this fact toy mm-hmm. and then was so excited and forgot the directors of project hill mary are phil lord and christopher miller oh nice they did spider verse you guys like this yeah. movie is gonna be freaking phenomenal they did mitchell's and the machines they did lego mm-hmm. movie like honestly like i'm even god i'm even more jazzed about this and wow. i swear to god google better imdb better not be lying to me because yeah i'm even more stoked. I don't know when this movie is going to come out. I mean, you know, Ryan Gosling just did Barbie. So who knows? <laughs> like when he was filming. Yeah, he's got to wipe off that spray tan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his like 10 abs that he somehow has. But um, <laughs> yeah, Project Hail Mary. Go out. Listen to it. If you don't like reading, read it. If you love reading. I, I put my whole 100% recommendation into this book. That we all apparently should have read last year. Yeah, I guess. All right, my number five, also a book that I read this year that came out this year. That is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. So this is a book that was recommended to me by Tiffany, actually. And the book is written by Gabrielle Zevin. And it's been on a lot of like aggregate reading, you know, websites like number one book of the year, right? Like what Goodreads and book of the month and like anything else you can probably find. And, you know, to keep it short, because I don't want to spoil a lot about the book. It, it's a book about uh, game development and really kind of it's it's a fictional story. So it's not based on anything real. You know, it's not like spilling the tea about like, uh, you know, what happened with like the development of like Dishonored or something like that from Bethesda um, and Arcane. But it is a story about developing a game and kind of, I guess, giving light to the potential like ongoings and I guess trying to help the reader understand to say, Hey, you know, we as a podcast and, you know, hopefully to many of the listeners out there that are listening to this right now, you know, you probably play a lot of games, but you probably don't think about how those games are made and really kind of the, you know, trials and tribulations, but also just decision-making that has to go into saying, if we're making a game, what's it going to be about, right? Like, what features are we going to have? Like, what's our target audience? And I think this does a very good job, you know, in a fictional story, kind of relaying the idea to say, it's not easy making a game, right? Like, for every good game that comes out, 
there's like a ton of bad ones, you know, quote unquote bad, but that just don't, you know, make sense, don't work well. And also the fact that the people making the games are real people, right? So like even, you know, I don't like to see it, but the people that make hate comments about developers um, don't make sense. And also the fact that you don't really know how these games are made in terms of their life conditions, you know, the constraints of the game, right? Budget, um, and also publisher demands, right? Like if you're partnering, if the developer has to partner with a publisher to help get this game developed, you know, there might be some concessions that have to be made about saying, Hey, the publisher is only going to agree to help us, you know, fund the game. If we agree to do, you know, X thing of X, Y, Z thing about the development. And so I think this does a very good job to show the other side to say, you love playing games, maybe if you understand the process about making them, you can also be a little bit more understanding, especially when games don't turn out as you'd expect, mm-hmm. you know, and hope for the future in terms of maybe the next release being a little bit better or there being patches down the line to fix the problems. But I think it's just a great story. It's 400 pages. You know, I was able to finish it essentially within a day's read, right? As slow as a reader as I am. So it's pretty easy to get through and it is very explicit. There are a lot of uh, explicit language and scenes. So forewarning, you know, I would say at least teenage age to read this, if not older. But uh, besides that, yeah, I think it's definitely worth the read. So not so, a bedtime story is what you're telling me. Uh, there's no violence per se. So I don't know if like that would scar you, but there is just like graphic descriptions of things. That Okay, so it's funny because I did recommend it to Alex in the sense of, so I bought this book when this came out. And I was like, this sounds like something that I would like to read. And it came out in July of 2022. And I have yet to read this book. But I brought the book home for Thanksgiving break. And I was going to take it back with me when I was going back to my abode. But I like kind of looked at I was like, Alex, would you be interested in reading this? Like if I left this book here and you know, I was going to go back home for Christmas and I was like, I can read it during Christmas time. Like, would you be interested in reading this book? You know, this is what it's about. And, you know, video, I was like, it's about video games and a boy and a girl who like develop it. And it's surprisingly won a bunch of popularity contests on the internet. And then Alex was like, sure, like I'll check it out. And I was like, cool. And now it's on his top six. Like that's what I have to, I mean, I have to read this book before the year's over so yeah maybe. you have to you have to do your own recommendations uh, yeah you literally <laughs> recommended the book he read it and you're like i guess i need to listen to myself i yeah, this book. you know well, what? now i'm recommending it back yeah oh. so matt you know how it goes sometimes just you just you Life gotta listen you tell yourself things to do you know you recommend things to yourself and you just don't get to it but now this is it this is the call like and I'll let you, you know, Matt, I'll get back to you if I also recommend it. All right. All right. Yeah, obviously, I am not a huge reader because I, spoiler, I have no books on my <laughs> on my list. <laughs> That's probably not even a spoiler because you guys probably have caught on over the past year of listening. Anyway, so number four for me, this is when things get serious for me. Like some of these recommendations are recommendations that I'm giving on a weekly basis. I'm asking people, hey, what streaming service do you have? Hey, what type of time for it? Like, hey, do you want a good time? Here's some things. Um, starting with number four, because number four 
is a show uh, that didn't come out this year, but it's a show that I found this year, and it is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, season two came out last year, at the end of last year. I watched season one and season two this year. It is the reason why I took up PlayStation's offer to get free Apple TV for a little bit. Because yeah. I'm like, this This is a show that is getting all sorts of awards. Everyone's talking about it. Someone at work, like a, a physician that I work with, was recommending it to the team. And I'm like, I have to list like i have to watch this right like i just have to and i'm so glad i did like it is easy tv it's a comedy it is feel good it is everything that you if you need some hope in humanity it is a great show to watch and it is bite-sized and beautiful and it's coming from someone you know it's a the the basic premise of it is this guy ted lasso he is a football coach an american football coach and he gets asked to be a football coach in England. Problem is, football there is actually soccer, and he has no idea what he's doing. But the dude is from Wichita, Kansas. He is just a good old guy that just sees everything with like scarlet glasses. Like he is, he's got a beautiful mindset of people and always gives people a second chance even though they don't deserve it and he's like everything that i wish i could be in a lot of ways <laughs> um and it's great if you want a feel good show it, it is the most feel good show that i've ever watched and it, it really kept me going um i finished it just like a month ago and it leaves such a good cliffhanger for season three and i cannot wait to see where it goes you all have watched it Question mark? No. 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 Okay. I, you guys I, have premise... to. It's so good. It's so good. The other it's... two, like the other two, do it if you know you're interested or if you were thinking about it, go for it. But Ted Lasso is honestly something that I think anyone could get something out of. Okay. I mean, so okay. So I love growing up. I I really liked motivational sports movies. Uh-huh. Like I don't know what it was. I don't. Remember the Titans happened to all of us, yeah. Yeah, like I, it wasn't like I actually watched Remember Titans like super late, but like you know, oh, okay. The Blind Side is one of my absolute favorite great, movies. Great I movie. will recommend it to anyone. I don't know the rules of most sports other than basketball, and even then, I barely, I just, I barely know the number, like the appropriate number of players per team on a field. I don't know what they're, you know, whatever. Um, I love sports movies though, but I have not watched Ted Lasso. I have not, and everyone gushes about it and i just haven't done it i just haven't watched it here's here's the biggest thing i am not even just not a fan of soccer like i'm almost like an anti-fan i i am a big sports person like i enjoy watching sports i love going to sporting events i love talking about sports i don't understand one thing about soccer i played soccer once in second grade and I was and you were so like, bored. This isn't for you. I was like plucking grass, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why would I ever want to play this? It's so bad. Good thing this is probably going to be uploaded after the World Cup is over. And I don't care because guess what? On the World Cup, I was still dunking on the World Cup, and I'm like, didn't like USA lose to an island or tie with an island? You know, like talking about whales. Like just getting sport like soccer fans mad like that is the type of person that i am when it comes oh to my soccer. god I just like it's like whatever to me i don't understand the hype it's obviously not a huge american sport so there you go so for me as someone who it's like borderline hates soccer i love it 
I, I love it. You need no soccer information. Like they don't really go much into the games itself. It's usually the drama and like the fun that happens around or in between the games. So really, really fun. I feel like most sports quote unquote movies are like that though, right? Like they yeah. use the sport as the like thing the where the events are happening around, but it's about the like interpersonal, yeah. intrapersonal like relationships. And that's probably why a lot like especially Tiffany can relate to those because you don't need to know the sport. You don't need to know the intricacies for the most part about what's happening. You just need to know it's like, hey, this guy and this guy, they got beef. They got sorted out. Mm-hmm. That's like the main takeaway. Yep. I love the interpersonal relationships and the growth that come from it. You know, mm-hmm. that's by heart what I loved about sports movies. So I, I, sh- you know what? So my Apple TV plus expired through PlayStation. Alex's Apple TV plus expired through PlayStation. So when foundation season two comes, I will re up and then I will give Ted Lasso. Okay. A watch. That sounds during, good. during the, while I wait, for foundation to like get through the the episodes okay so my number four i feel like it's not a tiffany list if there's not a theme park ride in it i'm just kidding i don't know but this year i had the pleasure of checking out epcot's new ride guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind and let me just tell you the, I had to wake up at 6.58 in the morning to get in a virtual queue to get access to this ride. Or I could have paid $20 to get on this ride, right? And so I'm like, hmm, I could just wake up a little bit early and try to get take my chances. To be honest, though, if I hadn't gotten in the virtual queue, I would have paid $20, okay? And let me just say that this ride, by far, hands down, best coaster of Disney properties, I have not yet ridden the Tron coaster that's in Hong Kong or Shanghai. I can't remember which park. It is coming to the United States, so maybe I'll eat my words then. But for now, Epcot Cosmic Rewind is the number one Disney coaster. In America. In America. Okay, yeah. Let's preface. In America. That 100%. So the thematic entrance to it, they have the giant... Um, I can't remember if it's the Milano or the Benatar. It's probably the Milano. They have like the Guardian ship right outside the the ride. You go into the ride and the whole atmosphere. This is spoilers, by the way. Obviously, spoilers for the ride. Well, barely. Well, half spoilers. These are the half spoilers. Um, because I don't want to ruin the experience for Alex and Matt. Because I know you those never two. Never go half spoilers. Those two are going. What would you just say? You never go full spoilers yeah. or half spoilers. You go. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. No. So, because I know they're going to experience it eventually. But um, when you walk in to the, like, the line, essentially, you know how they have, like, a line before the ride? This, this building is themed like a cultural exchange center between Xandar and Earth. And that is the coolest thing I've ever concept like tried to wrap my head around it plays like a planetarium like you go through and you like hear about xandar human relations and like you hear about xandar solar system you know what i mean like it is so cool like you're like waiting in line you're like listening to like factoids you feel like you're in like you're about to enter space like i mean that's part of the ride too like you're about to like enter 
space like you go into space and you go to like you're about to like visit Xandar or something right and after I rode this ride which by the way the ride has about seven songs so like Guardians of the Galaxy is known for their like pop and music right mm, rock and roll yeah. music this ride has seven different songs that have been specifically catered and picked for the ride to match its movements and its music beats and so every time you ride the ride you get a different so it's random it's a random song so honestly you need to ride the ride seven times to like get all the just dollars each time the, that's true to have a chance also found out they did deb- a gotcha system they debuted this year <laughs> yeah. a christmas themed ver- like so for the holidays they have like extra songs that are holiday themed that like essentially replace the normal the normal all repertoire. right seven plus seven times yeah now. Got to write it 20 times. But um, so they have Christmas music or like holiday music. Excuse me. I don't know if it's just Christmas. It might be just holiday tunes that match up with this ride. And it is a great. There are interactive bits to it. Interactive in the sense, sorry, that you're like a person in a, a scene, right? Like that's really cool. Um, what songs after- did you get when you went on the ride? Oh, shoot. That's such a good question i did look up what the songs were and i can't remember which song i got gotcha i wrote this in october um but what was amazing is that after i rode this ride with my best friend we literally were like do we pay 20 dollars to go back like because it's yes you can either get the fast it's like the the virtual queue which you have to wait like we basically like got it and we got a group number and we had to come back later in the day to ride the ride after we rode it we still had like the park was still open for another like five hours and we were like do we pay money to do it again and honestly we were like and it's twenty dollars a person Mm -hmm. like and we were like we almost did it but we're like no 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 like we're like we we can't like that's that's going hog wild right we already spent astronomical amounts of money just to go um to epcot for the weekend like technically right so um we didn't but honestly like now, now I look back i'm like i probably should have but you know at the time i was like let's hold back let's be responsible adults let's not do it but i guys i recommend it and this is where i'm saying that if you don't get like if you wake up at six o'clock in the morning trying to get into the virtual queue and you don't make it it's worth the twenty dollars <laughs> for that one ride like I don't know. It's, I, you know, if you have the funds for it, I completely recommend it. Obviously, if you like can struggle with filling your gas, like on a regular basis, don't. Like I don't recommend mm-hmm. it. But like if you have a little bit of extra income, you're in Orlando, you're in the Disney mood. Like get on this ride. Like it's a must. It's a must. All right, my number four, and it is the only show. Well, I guess technically not the only show because I had the Pokemon show, but that's just for the World Coronation Series. Uh, but this is the show in its entirety, and it's on Netflix. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Wow. Okay. Cool. And this is a ten-episode, you know, animated series. This is done by Studio Trigger, well-known Japanese animation studio. They've done stuff like Kill a Kill in the past, which I really enjoy, um, amongst other things, and. I'd say this is my preferred way to experience Cyberpunk 2077. I highly recommend this over the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people went back to the game because of the enjoyment over Edge Runners, and 
I think based on what I heard, the game's still buggy. The game still has a lot of issues, so I do not recommend the game even at this point. Um, but it does have an upcoming DLC that might be a little bit better, Phantom Liberty. It's got Idris Elba in it. So it's, if you want something that has Keanu Reeves and Idris Elba, maybe Phantom Liberty is up your alley, so maybe that might interest you. Um, but for the show itself, I enjoy it because it really goes to show how bombastic like the genre is right what cyberpunk means um and obviously being done by studio trigger it looks amazing right obviously great animation great color schemes it's very graphic you know as you'd expect cyberpunk stories to be a lot of death a lot of sexual activity um and so i highly don't recommend it for younger audiences but you know if you are of age i would say definitely this is a fun ride plus it's short right it's 10 episodes they're like 22 minutes uh, each, so you can get done with it within, what is that, about four hours to watch the whole thing. So it's like as long as uh, it's even shorter than uh, Justice League Snyder Cut. Um, so if you can be bothered to watch that, you can watch all of uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Um, and you don't have to do it all at once either. You you know, split it up, watch a few episodes at a time like I did. But definitely, I recommend it as just a good quality anime like in that universe. Do you think that you'll pick up the DLC now because you liked Edrunner so much? I don't know. I think that really, they haven't announced how much the DLC costs, and I okay. feel like that's probably a big factor. But also the fact that it's still so buggy, I don't know if I can <laughs> expect there still to be problems even after two years of patches. Mm. Um, so probably not, but I am interested to see what people think about Idris Elba's character in the DLC and how well he is, right? Because it definitely seems like uh, CD Projekt Red is leaning towards that route. You know, I know recently they also, uh, with the Witcher 3 remaster, they included uh, Henry Cavill's uh, dog in the remaster, you know, obviously because he played uh, Geralt in the Netflix Witcher show. Um, So it seems like they're definitely willing to go the route of putting more star power uh, into their game slash property so definitely i'm uh interested to see if any like more big name actors get included in the future and i don't remember much about the story because it was you know it's very middling you can hear our thoughts about it um it was so long ago is there any connection between edge runners and any major story characters in cyberpunk the game so if you remember the fixers who are the characters that give jobs to you Mm -hmm. uh wakako who was the first fixer Uh that you uh interface with she is in the show very briefly oh okay so there is connection there with that fixer but other than that uh i guess the only other notable character would be adam smasher shows up which you probably remember who's the big like cyberpunked out like almost fully robotic human yeah so he does appear and he's very menacing as he is in the game so uh besides those two characters they're all unique to the show they're contained in the show because their stories wrap up in the show uh so definitely uh lean into that they did also include something in an update to the game that's from the show as well so if you're, the show interests you that much, there's an item you can get. I'll just call it the Sandivistan is in the game. So in case you watch a show and you understand that, go back, play the game if you have it. It's there available to pick up. It is missable, though. So wow. it's like a very specific route. You have to go like do go to a certain place and do a specific thing uh, to get it. But other than that, uh, I'd say, yeah, the show is great. Interesting. Cool. 
I think I'm going to check out the DLC just to see. It, it, it depends on how much it is. I would hope they're not going to be gouging us with a terrible price because of the launch. Because I feel like they're trying to get us back in, like in their good graces. So then when they do Witcher 4, you know, people will actually buy the game. Uh, but we'll see, I guess. Um, my number three. Here's the thing. Two out of my top three I finished in the past week preparing wow. for this show. Um, and number three is one of them. Number three is one of my favorite shows this year, Rings of Power on Amazon. <gasps> it is... Oh my gosh! It's amazing. This makes me so happy. Yeah. It, it, it is cinematic when other shows just aren't. It is one of those shows where you're watching it and you're thinking, this has the same amount of cinematic to it as The Hobbit. As those three movies that they they rushed out, like this is, this is bringing it back to form. And this is something where I am enjoying every single episode of this. Um, one of, I think episode five or six, one of the best TV episodes I've ever seen. And this is, it just shows how great this series is. It is going to be five seasons, and I didn't know how they were going to stretch it out, but honestly, I see their vision and I see what they're going for. The cool thing about it, and this is this is the thing I want to give props to, you have one of the biggest cultural phenomena ever in Lord of the Rings. It is something that is very well read. A lot of people have read it. They've at least read The Hobbit. They at least know who Gandalf is. They know who Frodo is. They know a general premise of these things. They know the memes that come from these movies that came out when I was in elementary school. Yeah, like these are well known. So if you're going to do a prequel where there might be overlap, it's going to take a very, very subtle writing style. And I think they did it really, really well. Because there's a lot of mystery characters that they introduce. And I'm not going to spoil any of them because... It's really fun to be an audience and being like, who is this? Is this this guy or is it this guy? Like, where is this going? Um, You know there's a great evil in the world and you don't know if they're on screen or not. And that's all I'm going to leave it to because I don't want to spoil it. But it is, if if you're looking for, if you're really into movies, not as much into TV shows, if you love Lord of the Rings or have watched them and are interested in more of that, it's great. It's great. I would say this is well, it is much closer to Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, than The Hobbit. It is uh, a fantastic series. It's on Amazon. It's probably the best show on Amazon easily. <laughs> and maybe that just shows the strength of their docket. But Budget? Yeah, like I, you could tell the they put a ton of money into this. And I'm really, really excited to see how to do it. I hope they stick the landing. But fantastic. One of the best shows of the year really happy i finished it for this episode number three that makes honestly like i mean i'm remiss spoilers it's not on my top six but when i watched it week to week like every week i watched it and i freaking loved it there were days where i was awake at midnight on thursday and i was like i could go to bed or i could watch rings of power (laughs) so like i legitimately watched like two of the eight is it eight episodes is it 10? 
Um, I can't. I can't. It might remember. be nine. It's like something like, very, some weird. Very random. Yeah. There were two of the episodes I definitely watched Thursday night or like Friday morning, essentially at midnight, and like went to bed at like one fifteen. Like, because I was like, I need to, I need to watch it. I loved Rings of Power. I was also watching House of the Dragon around the same time. And I prefer Rings of Power over House of the Dragon Mm. any day. And I recognize that part of it might be nostalgia and familiarity of the, the, the Tolkien universe. Um, but yeah, I lo- every week I'm like, who's who? Like, who's, yeah. who's that? Like, mm-hmm. or could that be so? And I, you know, there were moments of where I was like, I hope that's not really who people think they are. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But like speculating with the audience was like a grand time. Did you hear that um, at the actor who played Adar is stepping away? Really? Yeah. I don't know what that's about. But yeah, he's like, I thank you for the time that I've had with the show. But I will not be part of it. And I'm like, dang, I, like that would be good if you stay like i'm confused yeah, yeah um that's gonna be tough but like i do think that he it could be worse it could be more important yeah. characters i guess yeah and so i really did like i know that there's there's so much online discourse you know for fans of tolkien and you know having issues with the show i do have to say my biggest like i don't have an it's not necessarily an issue but my sadness is that they have to condense the timeline. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a Tolkien expert at all, but knowing that it intentionally is supposed to take place over thousands of years because elves just like essentially live forever. And the fact that they have to condense it to like a calendar year, if not a few months or something, like that is kind of a bummer. But as a TV watcher, I understand the, you know, the rationale that you can't afford to have a new human character every episode, like for them to like live and die within minutes right like you can't Mm -hmm. you can't like be invested in that person's journey or relationship if they don't last very long yeah um like i I think it's interesting because i feel like it's from an elves perspective like this entire show most of it is from an elf's perspective and mm -hmm. there's plenty of times where it's like oh wow what has it been 20 years and it's like oh wait they they were interacting like last episode and i think they did that on purpose because from an elf's perspective, 20 years it's is like an moments. episode. Like it is. Yeah. I just saw you. Sorry. Um, like what's happened? Like, oh, you have kids y- now. Like that's crazy. You know, like. Yeah. I, I think they did it well, like as well as they could. Because I stopped after two episodes, went back and read the source material, the Silmarillion, which I already mm-hmm. said, something I don't recommend. But coming back to it, I'm like, this is honestly the smartest way to do it. And from okay. a thematic way, like, I, I don't see how else they would do it. I guess if, like, you're a super purist, yeah, I guess you're going to find issue. But how else are you going to fit it in five seasons, in my mind? I don't yeah, know. that's true. And I want to shout out the dwarves. For me, the dwarves stole the show. Durin and Disa, like, mm-hmm. I'd watch a movie about mm-hmm. them, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, love it. I'm so oh god, talking about Rings of Power. I think back. the Brent or uh, I forget which it's it's like a Hobbit equivalent. Like they're mm-hmm. the Brandy Bucks or I forget what who they are. Um, oh, the um they were the Harfoots. The Harfoots. Are you talking- they yeah. They were a necessary right. evil. And oh, I, yeah. I'm glad that it's it looks as if we're not going to be in that world as much in subsequent seasons. So good, good on them. Good on them. Yeah. 
Okay, so... You know, I just want to go back because you're talking about, like, the passage of time that it's similar to, like, The Witcher where people complained about The Witcher Season 1 and then they, like, showed, like, each character's journey, Mm -hmm. like, disjointed, but, like, it was all over different timelines. And I feel like, at least in visual storytelling, they've, like, not many stories really have dealt with it you know like something that comes to mind is like pulp fiction right back in the day where that was like all done out of order and that was like you trying to piece together like what the actual you know events and how they elapsed in the order in which um that happened like and that was kind of like the gimmick of that movie Mm -hmm. but it feels like we haven't done a lot of like multiple timelines or especially like periods of time with respect to different characters that all like have different effects on them well at least visually because right movies like most visual things are very usually very linear so it's hard to kind of have that linear time or story but like have it at different degrees or rates for like different characters so i think that really like plays into saying oh you know from the elves perspective as you mentioned right 20 years is the length to them is like a split second or feels like a mm-hmm. night but like to another race it's a lifetime or you know like sig- many significant things can happen so it's i think we're still struggling to get there but probably rings of power is like another one of those shows it's like trying to like get people to understand hey it's not just exactly this but it's also like many different stories happening at the same time similar to how like right well as we'll get into it with marvel and the multiverse that they're trying to do right a lot of that is resolving what's happening when and mm-hmm. everything you know where it's happening to so that's just something we're i think we're getting to now finally visually and storytelling so funny that you should bring up marvel because my number three is another <laughs> marvel property my number three experience that not sponsored not sponsored wish i was sponsored is black panther wakanda forever uh, that was the best Marvel movie to come out this year. It dealt with the plot was really good. Like for what they had to deal with, with the passing of Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Um, I thought it handled it so well. Like, you know, grief is a major theme of the movie. And we saw all the different characters experiencing grief and coping with grief in their own way. And I think this movie was the best outcome of what... Mm-hmm like what they had like they reconstructed the plot to be something very good and meaningful i really ended up liking namor or namor namor yeah namor um and i'm glad that we got introduced to a new part of the marvel like earth universe Mm -hmm. essentially by um getting to see this like underwater area I I just I recommend it like it was just really good like it was very it was very good I saw it twice in theaters I cried a lot I it was very cathartic just like releasing all of my emotions in this movie and like it was the best Marvel movie of the year I mean like probably the best Marvel like visual thing in 2022 in my opinion it's like fantastic movie yeah I agree I think it's the best marvel had to offer this year it's not in my top six but i i definitely agree with you i think it was like it was good it was one of the best phase four movies i think phase four in my mind has has really slumped in a lot of ways but this was a kind of return to form it wasn't it wasn't my top favorite marvel movie of all time 
but it was a movie where it was true to form and it was it had a good plot it had good characters it had against all odds like like there were some really high stakes and i really enjoyed it and i think honestly i I think it opens up to what could be a new threat slash a new storyline that happens i think um, the war on Wakanda is not something that's over, and I think it's going to be either part of Phase Four or maybe going into Phase Five for them. Like, I, it, for me, what I love about Marvel is when they have bigger stakes than that movie. You go away from that movie, and you're like, you know what? That's going to be important. Like, this is going to be required reading for another for another movie to come. And I, I think it was that, and I think. Honestly, for it to hit as well as it did when their actor passed, that is awesome. That is fantastic. Like, and I think it was a great tribute. I think they did a really good thing. I honestly think one of my favorite parts was opening with the Marvel, uh, you know, emblem with Chadwick Boseman in it, and it was silent. Yeah. I watched. Uh, so Maddie and I are walking, going through MCU kind of MCU reviewing it as we go, making our list. She's never seen any of them. We got to Black Panther, the first one. Honestly, it's top of our list for both of us at this point. Like, it's it's the best movie when it came out. It was the best movie Marvel had to offer. And they put that Marvel emblem with Chadwick Boseman in Marvel on Disney+. Plus. Like, it's, it's nice to oh. see them really respecting him um, in that way. Because beyond everything, like, they made a lot of money off of him. He was a great actor, but in a lot of ways, he was their friend. And it's, you know, it was real life, him passing, and, and I think they did a really good job. So um, I, I would recommend, even though it's not on my top six, I would recommend it because I think it does show kind of like a new age for Wakanda, even with some really unfortunate passing uh, of Chadwick Boseman. My number three, you know, as I do every year, it has to have a Dreamcatcher song. Oh my god wait no, no comments about wakanda forever no okay did you watch it i'll just say i just i did watch it i i'll say i have no marvel on my list yeah that's my same. preview that as you said too it's i think wakanda forever is the best thing that did come out this year especially because i only watched the three movies that came out i didn't watch any of the t- tv shows um but that's to say i I think this is the problem, right? As most people feel, it's the intermission of the Marvel universe. And so it's, right, settling, I guess, some of the things from the last phase and then also trying to set up for the new phase. And so that split in the story feels like rough, right? Because it feels like a lot of things are happening and it's important for character growth for a lot of these characters, especially in Black Panther with the, you know, spoilers, the passing of the mantle, right? Um, But it feels like there's not a lot of stakes right now. And so like for me, especially as a takeaway, it's a lot of these movies aren't very impactful because while they are resolving character stories, they're not like nothing's at risk really most mm-hmm. of the time, except maybe you could say multiverse of madness had some risk there. But like at the end of the day, that's also saying, well, we can just throw things out the window because it's a multiverse. Um, but that that's my main takeaway. But going back to the more important thing, you know, talking about things that may or may not have in dreams, Dreamcatcher, once again, I bring my favorite song of the year by Dreamcatcher, and that's Fairy Tale, as in, you know, like a fable. And, you know, it's very simple. I really love this song. It's a mix of their vocals, plus just like it's more like electronic style this year for this uh, particular song. 
and it's just about you know following your dreams that's it's a very simple message of just being able to live within the moment of saying hey right life is tough but you have those dreams that you follow and that you aspire to and being able to at least also potentially enjoy those dreams coming true and having that something to look forward to especially in these times where there's a lot of issues that people are having these days with you know mental health that being a very big thing that's coming up and so i think this song kind of fits with that theme of the year of saying hey listen you know we're coming off of pandemic there's a war happening you know the world cup is being hosted by a country that's whose government doesn't do many great things for its people or especially migrants but there's something to look forward to, right? It's always like, don't get bogged down in what, you know, has happened or what is happening, but also be able to find the hope and understand, hey, even if right now there isn't something that's great that's happening, you can have something great happen in the future. And so I really love it. Obviously, you know, for the foreseeable future, a Dreamcatcher song will appear on my top six every year. But uh, this year it takes my number third. Random question. Nice. Does Dreamcatcher usually play off of like the whole dream thing? Or is this just like just a coincidence that their song is about catching a dream and their name is Dreamcatcher? I mean, I guess a lot of their music is more, I, I, I'd say they fit with the motif, okay. but it's not like heavy handed all the time. Like it does talk about, I guess, not say hypothetical situations, but it is kind of more of that level to say, things that are happening things that might happen or they they do play with that storyline but it's not always the case also kudos to them for them releasing music every year so you have something to put on your top six like what yeah for real what other (laughs) artist is actually doing that every year it's crazy that's awesome all right heavy hitter times we've been heavy hitting we're number two now right i didn't lose track number two number two this is my movie of the year, which, if you think about it, that means that a TV show has taken the mantle as my number one experience, but we will get to that in a little bit. My number one movie of the year is something near and dear to my heart. It is The Batman. Of it course, is, I should have seen it coming. It, yep. You should have. You should have. Honestly, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, The Batman. Oh, wait, no, that was last year. And they're like, whoa, 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 actually, no, it was this year. It was a movie made for me. I, I am a huge Batman fan. I love the comics. I have a lot of Batman things in my house. As much as I can get away with putting it in the house decorations, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. um, it is something that is just uh, kind of in the DNA of me. And I think that I love Batman as a movie. I think um, for me, if there was a bad Batman movie, I'll watch it. If there's a good Batman movie, I'll watch it. It it means nothing to me what people think about it. But for me, I think this movie took the cake for what I see as the Batman. Um, this this is a different take. Um, Adam Reeves is the director and he, he is a huge Batman fan himself. And he designed this to be the world's greatest detective. And I think this is something that is not as heavy handed in most Batman media, except some of the animated movies, the animated show, um, even Arkham Asylum or Arkham City. Some of those play into him being a great detective. 
but if you like even remember how batman started it started in the detective comics like it was a detective show in a way it was just this guy that dresses a bat like that was that was secondary to what he actually was and for me like i think i think there is some beef people have beef on the batman i think they they wish it wasn't as long it's a beefy show or movie it's like two and a half plus hours like it is it is a heavy hitter i don't know exactly how long it is but it's 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 beefy but you have to have that for him to have a full investigation anything less would have been rushed uh, i think that uh paul dano was fantastic I, as the riddler i think that uh robert battinson was fantastic <laughs> as batman yeah i am disappointed that he will likely not be the dceu batman but in a way, I'm happy. Like this was a a one-off, probably. Maybe it'll get a sequel, but it won't be in the overshadowing big universe. And I don't think it needs to. I, I think in in a lot of ways, it can be in its own silo because that Gotham is what I picture of Gotham. And so, if you're a Batman fan or or you enjoy anything to do with the DC universe or the comics, you should watch it because. The great thing about comics is that it's it's close enough to real life that it could potentially happen. That's why I like the DC Universe quite a bit. In a lot of ways, I like it more than Marvel, just the comics-wise, because it's more of a real life. It, it's close enough to real life that it could exist, potentially. It explains a lot of things with science and, and um, just happen chance rather than kind of like supernatural or um, mutations or anything that Marvel plays into. And... That was exactly what this movie was. Gotham could exist somewhere else in the United States of America, and I would not be shocked. Like, it, it honestly could be New York City, or it could be Detroit. Who knows? Like, I think that um, they play it really, really well and really close to the chest. So I think um, I'm really excited about this movie. I have HBO Max now, so I will be rewatching it probably soon. But it is by far the movie that blew me away the most. And I don't think it's going to win many awards, and I don't think it needs to. It's it's a special movie. Because it won the award in your heart. It did. You know, it did. You know? Um, quick. Also, I oh. thought there were talks about pulling in that version of Batman into the extended universe. Or did those fall through? I think recently with like the whole Henry Cavill. James Gunn taking thing, over. I, I think yeah. James Gunn is... I think initially it was going to be kind of like the hallmark piece to start the universe. I don't know if they're agreeing to him being that guy. I think um, I heard talks that they're bringing Ben Affleck in to actually direct the next Batman movie. And so I think that it's going to be recast, Um, which honestly, Ben Affleck, I like him as an actor. He's much better as a director in my mind. He's a, he's a very good director and I think they're in good hands if, if they allow him to direct it. But um, I think recently, in the past couple weeks, that has shifted, which sucks because I think Matt Reeves needs another shot. Like, I, I would love to go back into the universe, and if it has to be a separate universe, that's okay. Like, they're going to have a Joker 2, which is not going to be in the DC universe. It could, it could be, they can both happen, I guess. The Ben Sin may return. I hope so. I hope so. He did awesome. He did so good. Uh, so I looked up the runtime. It is a hun- it's 176 minutes. So yeah. cl- close to six, three hours. Yeah. I, I watched it on HBO Max um, with some friends, and it was very dark in, but like, in visual 
and in plot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't it wasn't as dark as the Nolan in terms of plot, but I I thought it was good. But like I think I'm I'm of the camp of people that it was long. It was just mm-hmm. very long and it is him being a detective and him sleuthing and searching. Um but I also don't have as much nostalgia for Batman as I know that you do. But I thought it was a good movie, but it's it's you got to put away some time for it. I, I honestly think because you, know, you do need a lot of time to show that story. It's one of those mm-hmm. things where I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about it a little bit. And I'm like, you know, this might be a good show. What if this was an HBO Max show? If it had yeah. the same budget, I'm like, you're right. I would love to see that three hours turn into six hours. I'd love to see this be bigger than what it was and take their time honestly if they had to can the movie because of the dc universe i would hope that something like this would be kind of an hbo max show i think that would work super well with the style and kind of how it was kind of like slow burn over those three Mm -hmm. hours i think it would be perfect so my number two experience that i recommend is takes a different medium than anything that we've discuss thus far and my number two recommended experience is a board game called charterstone so this game has been out since 2017 i believe and i feel i've had it for years like i've had it i got it as a gift and i i hadn't whipped it out until i haven't whipped it out successfully until this year and Charterstone, fun fact, it's also on digital platform. Like, it's on PC and Switch. Like, they made a digital version. I don't know if it's on um, PlayStation or Xbox, but there's a digital version. So let me explain the premise of this game. So it's described as a competitive legacy game scaled for one to six players. And you construct buildings and inhabit a shared village. So legitimately... When I say legacy game, if you're unfamiliar with the term, it's a board game. A legacy game is a board game that you play over multiple instances of a, a plot line, of a storyline. So I is feel it kind like of like Dungeons a- and Dragons almost? Like how it's like going through a campaign? Yes, I would say that. The idea of going through a campaign. The idea of a legacy board game has come out in the last like, you know, five five to eight years or so, or maybe longer. I mean, you can write at us at rxp.podcast.gmail.com to tell me that I'm wrong or tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast. Um, But basically, this game is literally cool in that you construct the board game itself, like the board, Matt. Like, imagine you have a blank village. It's just a map with a bunch of like pentagons or hexagons on it. And okay. as you play the game and you build your your buildings, you're putting stickers of your buildings on the map. And once that's there, other players can use your building and you'll benefit because like you have your part of the village. It's like, this is kind of like my area. You even oh, name your your area, your space and you write it on the board. The board actually comes with two sides. So you have one side 
you know, you play through, right? You're playing, you're going through this journey with your, your group. And then if you want to play through it again with a different group or with the same group and make it look different, you literally flip the board over and you have to buy like the stickers again. Like you buy, a re- it's called a recharge pack where you buy um, the things that you would put on the board because you've obviously used what came with the game originally. So Alex is in my group. So in this campaign, there's five of us. We're not playing with six. We're playing with five. When you play with less than six people, you actually have access to the sixth player. Like some of the items that the sixth player may have would have used, like is ends up being communal and you could earn it through gameplay. And I believe we're about halfway through the campaign. We started this game essentially when like Alex moved back. So over the summer, like we've we started it and we have plans to play more of it on New Year's Eve, hopefully to finish. And there is a winner. There is. So like every like game or I guess round, I don't want to call it a round, but like every because like it's, you know, there's specific plots that happen, I guess, when you do a game round or game and there is a winner for each round or game. I don't I don't even know what I'm going to call it, okay? But at the end, at the very end of the campaign, once you've finished all the storylines and game sessions, there is an ultimate winner. So I'm curious to see who will win. I do prioritize. I try to prioritize winning. Um, I have one friend in the group that's just kind of like she's doing her own thing. Like she's like, well, I made a bunch of pumpkins this round, so I feel accomplished in my own way. You know, like, so it's, <laughs> yeah. people get out of it what they want to get out of it, but it's it's really fun. Obviously, the biggest challenge is making time to play this game, right? Like to get the whole group together. You're, you have physical pieces. You have to physically meet up, right? You have to go through it. But it's a really fun time throughout. I don't know. Alex, do you have any comments about it? Like, I, I would re- I recommend this game. It's still, like, being published. It's, you can buy it. It's not, like, you know, something that came out 15 years ago and there's, like, you can't really find it. So, you know, I'm recommending this board game because it is available and on the market and it is a fun time. And it ha- I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we've played the physical version, but as Tiffany mentioned, there is a digital version. Oh, we true. cannot attest to the quality of the digital version. I don't know, like, how well it functions, especially whether it's co-op, local only, or if you can play online. But I would say... I agree with her point of it feels very fun to play because it is this combination of it's as small or as big as you want in terms of right as Tiffany mentioned you know having one of the other players in our group has her own goals and really for her it's not necessarily winning being that final winner at the end of the campaign I think it's 12 iterations Mm -hmm. that you play over. Um, but it is kind of if she's able to, you know, achieve these tasks that she sets up for herself, like she feels accomplished. And I think that's just helpful in terms of being like, right, it is a nice combination. You know, even though technically it is competitive, you have the people that can be more casual about it. And so it's you're not necessarily butting heads every single time you're playing, even though there is probably some slight posturing to be like, hey, this time, you know, I might let I might take last this round, but in the next like two rounds, I'm going to take first because I'm like set up this strategy or something. But it's not necessarily something you can prepare for because the rules are revealed as you play. So a lot of things might change on the fly, and it does 
it doesn't get boring because of that. I think that adds the interesting wrinkle to say this, you know, round, this is a side objective and it's random every time. Right. And so you can have those random goals to say, I thought I was going to do this, but now I'm going to swap over. And it also has a lot of stakes because as Tim, you mentioned, right. It is communal. The decisions you make for yourself technically also impact every other player because what you decide to build is what's available to everyone else and so you might have things at your disposal you choose not to build because you're saying well if i do this you know another player might be able to exploit it better than i can and so you might want to make those decisions to say i'll neuter myself because that neuters the whole game and so i can choose to win in a different way instead of just trying to win you know through raw points or something and so i think a lot like if you can commit the time because it feels like overall this game does take a words of at least an hour per round if not more so you're looking at at least like 12 hours and so obviously in this day and age getting people together might be a little tough for that long of a period especially all at once um but you can get as invested or as not invested as you want to and i think that's one of like the hallmarks of it yeah and actually um what's really fun too is that we we like come up with our own stories like, you know, like, because we have a character and you have your area of the, your part of the village has sort of a theme. Like, you know, I'm the iron, like my lady's a miner, right? And so most of the buildings are likely the mines. This person is a vegetable, a pumpkin farmer. So like, it's mostly vegetables, right? So if you want pumpkins, you got to go into her land unless you like manage to grab a pumpkin building before they can and then you end up building a pumpkin building on your area and so like it's it's fun coming up with stories too of what our little mm-hmm. characters doing and <laughs> with, with these they introduce like other like ancillary characters in the game that are just like helpers you the first person to draw that helper person you name it like you can name the character and you literally like write on the card like what their name is so legit like in the the first round right we named a couple characters like sven and like hillary or whatever and then a few games later we're like i have hillary this round like it's really <laughs> it's really fun <laughs> like i have such a good t- it's really fun and to be honest um one of my friends um in the group is like can we play this game? Like, is everyone available? Like, let's meet up. Let's play this game. And it's like, we have one friend that like couldn't come that one weekend. And legit, she was my, um, the host was like, dang. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm sad that she's not here because she's not here. But I'm most, I'm more sad that she's not here. So we can't play the game. <laughs> Charterstone. Like, it's a fun time. It's really fun. I really like it. And it has a lot of the game mechanics that I really like. Obviously, Matt, base building. Right? Yeah. Like, Gotta stay on brand. Yeah. I love it. All right. My number two that couldn't make Matt's list, you know, it was an honorable mention, but it's my number two. And that is going to Matt's wedding. You know, it was earlier this year. Boys and it was adorable. the first time I got to meet Matt in person. You know, even though we've been doing this podcast for over two years now, you know, think about it. We'd never met in person, right? I was living on the West Coast at the time when we started, and now I'm finally back on the East Coast. And so going to Matt's wedding, you know, he was kind enough to invite me out, and I was able to attend and see him in in person for the first time. But also at the same time, you know, meet a lot of the people that both you and Tiffany, you know, hang out with these days. I think it definitely was a great 
not to say excuse, but just opportunity to be able to see the people that you guys spend your time with. And also just to get to know both of you better be like, Oh yeah, these are the people you call friends. All right. You know, and at the same time, right. It was an opportunity for all of them to meet me because I feel like a lot of stories come up where I am mentioned and they know of this mythical person named Alex, who's Tiffany's brother, but they don't know me as a person. So being able to meet them and also to hear apparently leaving a good impression that they always invite me to say, Hey, he should come visit sometime to hang out, you know? And Tiffany's shaking her head right now, but she she knows how lucky she is to have a brother like me. I want to throw up, but yeah, it's true. Um, and um, <laughs> also, I just want to say it's um, my number two because it's also the first wedding I've been able to attend to. Uh, I've been invited to several weddings in the past, but I haven't been able to attend due to various other reasons. And so yours being the first one, a wedding in general, I'm able to go to, but also meet you at the first time. And just, you know, it's a culmination of a lot of different things. So it, it's definitely a memorable experience for me. I love that. One. Um, two, I love hearing what happened at your guys' table. Because, like, the whole wedding is, like, you're busy, busy, busy. You're not, like, you're kind of, like, not blacking out, but like, you know, like the, the day is just flying by. And, um, I was talking to someone at your table and they were like, yeah, like, um, yeah, like I met, I met Alex, I met, I met Yasser and, um, yeah, they were like, oh, Yasser too. They were, <laughs> I met him for the first time. What's that? In person as well. They were, they were like, yeah, they were, they were like entertaining themselves. I think they were talking about video games most of the time. And I was like, yeah, I bet they were. I bet they were. <laughs> no, Alex um, was just saying that was also the first time he met Yasser. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it was awesome. Like, it, it's honestly, like, the best part about it is, like, all the people you really care about is, like, all in one place. And it's, like, the only time it's ever going to be that way. Um, and it's, like, of course you're getting an invite because the best part about this podcast, honestly, has been, like, growing great friends through this podcast you know what i mean like we now when i'm thinking about co-oping stuff it's like i wonder who's who's up for this like we just like send a random text it's like anyone interested in this game to co-op like it's just (laughs) awesome so um yeah i think it's great and i i also love that tiffany's like um when i was going like on the rounds and um tiffany was like alex has an invite he got invited i didn't bring him (laughs) (laughs) and it's like uh it was just funny it was listen i mean okay audience listen i alex is my homie okay i get it like we're just lucky that we're also related but like you know when you go to a wet your friend's wedding and you bring a sibling sometimes some people have judgy eyes about it but I was just, you know, just letting people know that Alex is Matt's friend, too. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Exactly. I, he was not my plus one. Separate envelopes. Alex, separate envelope. I paid he for postage his, for both because they have to have their separate. That's because we're true. <laughs> yeah. They're two people. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that was really fun. That was honestly a very, a, a great highlight weekend. Like, Alex finally freaking came down to visit me. He, like, he helped me move in and then never came. He came back once. He came back once before, but never of his own accord. Someone essentially picked him up and brought him to visit <laughs> me a few years later. But, yeah, he came down. He met a bunch of people. It was It was a really fun time. I actually am a little bit sad that 
you two didn't have a chance to talk more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, literally Alex got to spend more time with, like, members our of our else. table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He spent yeah. more time with our friends who are now, like, literally, like, when's he coming to visit? And uh, yeah. again, and I'm like, am I chopped liver? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Your old news. Your old news. I, basically. Listen, and we're planning for more visits because we're going to have our smash party where we're going to have super smash ultimate we're gonna have a tournament we're gonna have mario kart we're getting our rooms ready here at the house (laughs) and it's gonna be great and he's gonna come down for that and so everybody will be happy about that so um yeah can't wait can't can't wait is it time i think it's time i mean yeah this was such a heartwarming number two alex you put the rest of us to shame or maybe just me. It's literally just me because you two haven't mentioned each other <laughs> today. So it's just yeah. me. Listen, it it made it made a bigger list than my top six. It, That's it's true. unlistable. It's so it's, important to me. This yeah that day. Yeah, it cannot be numbered. It cannot yeah. be numbered. I um, listen. I understand. I get it. But what can be numbered is my number one. This is my top experience, and honestly, that it's a TV show should. <gasps> be the biggest recommendation for you that you must at your earliest convenience if you have not already done so watch a show that came out this year on apple tv called severance have either of you watched it i know about it like i heard yeah i'm aware of it yeah i you are so welcome because you're about (laughs) to embark on a journey that you must take as soon as possible it seems so scary. Like it's terrifying. The idea. The premise. This is this is a TV show that goes beyond all TV shows, and this is something that I finished this past week. I started and finished this past week. I started on last, maybe like eight days ago, and finished maybe three days ago. So, it is something that just took me and Maddie by storm. Like we just demolished this. It is a thriller. The basic premise of it, it's called Severance because it talks about the ever uh, trying to achieve but rarely getting work-life balance between work and your life, your real life, and not wanting both to mix. So people go through a severance procedure where they basically turn off their brain when they go to work they don't remember anything. They don't remember any baggage. They don't remember what like grocery list they need to get at the end of the day. Like they are just there to work. And then when they go home, bing, they're switched back to their real life. They don't remember anything about work. They don't, they don't know anybody who they work with. They are just focused on home. And it is awesome. The amount of intrigue. It is a thriller above everything else. It is something where there is huge plot twists amongst it it is something where um if you are just after a huge plot that you don't know where it's going and i honestly still have no idea where it's going i don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes because it is the most you just have to jump in and enjoy the ride because it is a smart show it is something where you can't be working on your phone you can't be like playing Marvel Snap, like you have to be focused in and you got to be watching because they're dropping hints. Like I watched videos of like things that I missed 
that would have pointed me in the direction of what actually is happening. Um, there is a lot of beautiful human emotions that go through there, like the reasons why people go through the severance. You know, sometimes it's not only just to have good work-life balance. Sometimes it's for it's to forget what's at home, and um, it's beautiful. It, it honestly is is fantastic. Ben Stiller is the director for most of the episodes, but overarching, he's the main director. It is um, fantastic. It season two is probably going to take a while. It's probably going to be a couple years before it comes out. Is that confirmed? Um, like season two? It is. They um, Ben Stiller took a picture in October saying that it was underway. So um, I'm excited for it. Adam Scott is the main character, and he is awesome. And, and the cool thing about this, I don't know if you guys ever watched Split. Did you guys watch Split? No. With James McAvoy. James McAvoy plays a character who has a split personality disorder, and he has about four or five characters that he plays throughout that movie. And the coolest thing about that, and why I think that is one of James McAvoy's best roles is because he had to play four distinct people throughout a movie. They all had different mannerisms. They all interacted with each other within the same scene. Like the amount of chops that was on James McAvoy was awesome. And the cool thing about Severance is that these actors inside and outside of work are completely different characters. They carry themselves a different way. They use different vocabulary. Um, they're just way different from each other. And I think there's a huge conspiracy and the conspiracy is what keeps me going. And I am so pumped for season two. And the problem is it's going to take a while and I wish it would come quicker, but I also want them to take as much time as they need because ultimately it is the best TV show I have seen in a long while. And that's going to be putting it up next to like Squid Game, Money Heist, some of these big hitting TV shows that I've talked ages about, it's right up there with them. So if you can get Apple TV again, Ted Lasso was great, but Severance is better. Okay, you're you're starting to convince me. But my number one question for you, Matt, do you st- how much longer do you have Apple TV Plus? Or Apple TV, I, not, or TV Plus, well, I don't know. Maybe a couple months, maybe. maybe oh, a couple months, months. okay. Because like, I was like, I had Apple TV Rex last year. Mm-hmm. So let's both try to make through that. I, I I think for Severance though, like I'm my my gears are turning. I'm gonna ask one of my friends, friend of the show, Ariel, um, yes. if she would be da- if she hasn't watched it yet, if she would be down for the two of us to watch it together. Like you I should. feel, I think like if if she's like down, then I will watch it. Like I will, it will help me. Like you know, prioritize mm-hmm. it. I, I will say that there is some depressing themes very early oh, on. Oh, I'm going to so, be real with you. I okay. read the summary of part of it way when it was get, turn, getting the rounds. When it was like airing, I read a few of the episode summaries. Like, okay. before, because it was like, you know, it's coming out week to week. Right. So like when I heard everyone's like, Severance is it. And I was I like, oh, and... Did you spoil something really big? I don't know. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't okay. remember because I think I read the summaries of the episodes when it was like three or four episodes in, okay. maybe yeah, or something. So good. like, I read those and I was like, "Oh, this is scary," and then I stopped. But like, I will give it a whirl. No, and try to stay away from spoilers because honestly, I, from now it, on, I will. One of the episodes which has the biggest twist, honestly. The music started playing 
and the credits started happening. And also, the music in this, fantastic. The opening title screen, the animation of it, amazing. It looks like straight from inside, like the Play Dead game. Like, you need to watch that. Just watch it on YouTube, even, like, today. Like, it's awesome. Um, it was one of those shocking twists that my mouth was physically open. And, like, I usually don't have that sort of reaction, but I, like, look over and Maddie's mouth is open too like it, it was so shocking that like we're like well we can't go to bed like we we can't we have to do something with this emotion because like i honestly cannot my mind is now racing everywhere and is like that amount of reaction never happens with tv for me and so it's awesome fantastic apple tv honestly has some really good offerings i i didn't think i thought it was just gonna be like a cheap like oh it's free like it might as well but like honestly they're they have some chops on apple tv okay yeah it gives me you know i've watched a few in terms of these types of shows i feel like the closest analog i have because it's the only thing i've watched is black mirror so like it feels like it's kind of like an episode of black mirror with a actual like through story mm -hmm. of the entire yeah. season. And so I can see the draw there of like, there's a lot of like nihilistic, you know, themes. And also just, as you mentioned, kind of just, you know, these are deep, deeper, more personal stories and everyone, right. Has their own reasons of why they're there and what's happening to them. And it's also trying to resolve this. And I'm not sure if there's, like you said, there's probably, there is a bigger mystery, I assume. And it's maybe, it seems like the, the theme is how a lot of these smaller things add up to the bigger theme and how that might may or may not be revealed in a season. Uh, but I could see the draw there, especially from that perspective, because definitely I, I enjoyed a lot of the episodes of black mirror just on their like singular mm -hmm. themes, yeah. but uh, it did benefit from that being more of it, like kind of like an anthology where every episode was its own kind of idea. But this feels like it's one of those, it could be one idea of an episode of black mirror, but like actually, you know, delved into and like fleshed out properly. Okay. Um, I just, I immediately just texted Ariel and she said that she hasn't seen it and she's like, what is that? So she hasn't heard of it. So maybe we might be onto something here. Okay. So my number one recommended experience is something that I forgot came out this year. Cause honestly, the way that I've absorbed it and like integrated into my life feels like it's been a lifetime, like with this with my number one and my number one experience is a movie and honestly like I was completely flabbergasted I was like I thought this movie came out five years ago like it's just been a part of my life for so long that there's no way it came out in March of 2022 oh but it did and this movie is turning red this movie oh, has wow take Matt I've I didn't <laughs> think it was this year wow yeah exactly like i've integrated it so much into my personality that you would have thought that like i saw this movie when i was 13 years old um this movie is a pixar movie one of the best pixar movies um in a long time like it's in my top three pixar movies and it's a story of which, you know, honestly, I think I'm most devastated in that it didn't like come out in theaters. It literally like premiered on Disney Plus because we were sort sort of in this this weird like overcoming pandemic thing. I don't know. Or it was just like a simultaneous release like in theaters and 
and Disney Plus, or maybe it didn't even come out in theaters, but I feel like I would have I would have paid for this movie. I didn't have to even pay for this movie. They didn't do that whole like pay thirty dollars to watch it for some mm-hmm. reason. They were just like it's for it's a free offering. You can have it. I mu- I immediately watched it the day it came out. I fell in love with it. On it was like looking into a mirror, bringing me back. It took. It's about this girl, this Canadian girl, who comes from a Chinese family. Um, it takes place in like two thousand two ish, two thousand one. She's like twelve or thirteen, which honestly is like almost on par with my age at that time, at that year, and she's just going through she's growing up she has a girl squad her bffs she's in love with a boy band called four town and the animation style is adorable she ends up turning into a red panda like at, at for some reason with strong emotions and this isn't a spoiler because it's literally all over the marketing material but this girl's just going through it and like seeing her have her best girl squad and the plot of the movie is like she just wants to buy concert tickets to see a boy band with her best friends it's so heartwarming and adorable and also seeing her kind of clash with her mother because her mother has a strong personality her mother has dreams for her wants her to succeed and do well like all parents do not only just immigrant parents like all parents want the best for their kids. But just having that whole um, concept of filial piety with this one, fa- with this Asian family. And, you know, this place takes place in Toronto. I'm not, we're not Canadian. I've only ever seen Toronto via an airport. Like, so I've never actually seen Toronto. Seeing that was really fun. And the colors are bright. The music is pop popping off. Like, the Four Town songs are great songs. They're written by Billie Eilish and her brother, Oh, wow. Um, that I cannot remember his name. I'm so sorry. And he even voices Mr. Eilish, <laughs> Mr. Eilish. Yeah, I don't think it's Mr. Eilish. Um, but he, his name is like Phineas, I think Phineas yeah. something. Okay. Are you, you Googling for me? He has his, yeah, Phineas O'Connell, but he's, yeah, Phineas O'Connell. He's his own, like I listen to his music. artist. It's just Phineas. Like oh, it's just Phineas. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, so I did get it. It's Phineas. So Billie Eilish and Phineas, their brother, which I didn't know they were brother and sister, but Phineas even voices one of the Four Town members um, in addition to have writing the pop songs for this movie. And it really resonated. This movie resonated with me and... I went to the D23 convention and I cosplayed as um, one of the characters as Abby. She was, which I also love that this girl squad was so diverse. Like it was May, who's Chinese, and Abby, who's Korean. Um, and then her two other friends that, oh my God, I can't. I'm so bad with names, but like you have this one friend that's in big fan. This one uh, friend that's Indian and another fan who's Caucasian fan friend. God dang it. Her friends. It's like this diverse cast of this girl squad, which honestly also mirrored my like friend group growing up too. Like I had like a wide range of friends with, from different backgrounds and I love technically it was like the first Disney Korean character. So like, of course I had to cosplay as her. Yeah. It was super easy. Like she's wearing purple overalls with flowers on it and wears a headband. Um, So like I was like, I cosplayed as her. It was so fun going to the convention like that because people were also like my friend cosplayed as May, which was really adorable. So we were like walking around together and like people were like, oh, Abby, like, hey, girl. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like it was a fun time. I got a photo with another um 
this these other two girls that were cosplaying as May and Abby as well. Like we just we like saw each other in the convention hall and just ran towards mm-hmm. each other screaming. No idea who these people are. Don't know their names. But we were like, can we take a photo to get like we we took photos with them. We found another um person who's dressed up as like the card there's a cardboard red panda in Uh the movie and he was walking around in this cardboard panda costume and like we're like can we take a photo together and he was like sure it's like brought a community together like people like i honestly like love this movie beyond my wildest dreams and the fact that it just came out in 2022 really like threw me for a loop matt and alex when i was like going through like what movies came out this year i was like oh my god like, I thought this movie came out pre-pandemic or, so, you know, like... It feels like I can't, 2022, the beginning of 2022 was, like, years ago. It really does. Especially with how much you've talked about it. And I remember when you cosplayed as it, like, seeing pictures and stuff. So it's, like, I feel like it's had more of an impact than just being this year. <laughs> For real. And and fun little anecdote when I went to D23, that's when I met Yasser for the first time. And he would, well, not specifically D23, but around it, but we went together and he was all in on co- and joining our cosplay. Nice. And he got a four town shirt and essentially was like a four town member. And we were walking around together. There was one point where someone, now we were like going for a photo op and this lady who was like taking, like I gave her my phone to take a photo. He's like, oh, a four town fam or a red, a turning red family look at that um so it was really it was really fun and what's also even more hilarious to me is i was like hey yasser do you want to we're dressing up do you want to dress up with us and he's like uh what does that entail and i was like well can you get this shirt and he's like oh yeah let's do it and i was like wait okay so have you seen the movie and he's like no i don't know what you're talking about and (laughs) so he had not even seen the movie however upon request i was like please sir watch the movie you know before we do this we go all in which to be honest he was like let me buy the shirt we'll figure it out he watched the movie on the plane ride to the you know to anaheim and he was like fantastic movie and i was like excellent thank you sir like of course it was and i'm so glad you're in now and he's like yeah it was great movie i was like awesome that that would have been a plot twist if he was flying to d23 to cosplay as this character and he's like you know mid movie movie wasn't great it yeah. just wasn't great. Did not like the plot or the animation style. Sorry. Yeah. So, but he was, he was like, this is a great movie. I mean, it's not in his top three, but you know, right, he, right. he was like, this is fantastic. And I, and that made the experience even more wonderful. I don't even know the whole, like the whole saga that came through me cosplaying as mm-hmm. This character, the people I went with, with to the convention, the photo ops that I, I did. To be honest, I'm actually kind of devastated I didn't make Christmas cards this year um, because oh, yeah. I was in my mind. I was workshopping a photo of my turning red cosplay and like mm-hmm. the tagline of the Christmas card being, you know, I've never met nobody like you, which is a line in the song in one oh, of the songs and then to say like happy holidays that's like great. i was like oh man i actually like regret not getting that printed it's too late now it's too, we're two weeks we're like a I week know. away from christmas like i can't do it but i still have your old christmas card on my fridge still oh my god says, really i yeah, love that it says uh take next year by force because it was when you went to <laughs> disney to Star Wars. And saw baby yoda yeah. and stuff yeah it's still there yes 
I honestly I love it like you know what honestly like the idea of making like solo Christmas cards because I don't have a family and a dog like I mean I do have a family mm-hmm. but like I don't have my own like nuclear what am I chop yeah over? you know right but I mean You're nothing like, else. <laughs> like making these like personalized like photo cards or Christmas cards actually mm-hmm. I love the idea because I got the idea from a friend who said like oh we have a friend every year that makes these wild Christmas cards of just her hanging out and living her life that's awesome. you know and, yeah. and I'm like I need in like how have I never thought about this before anyway that's an aside but turning red you guys like if Matt have you seen it yet I have not, but since it's your number one, because I I fully expect you to watch Severance, but since it's your number one, I will watch it, I promise you, before the year's out. Okay, also one other story. I went to a karaoke party, and I decided, I was like, I don't know if this is a crowd for this. I'm like, but I want a karaoke, nobody like you. Uh And and there were like three people that were like, yeah, do it. Like, of the like... 15 people there <laughs> and i sang it it only takes and one I, it, it only takes one only right? takes one to, yeah to and I, you on. <laughs> I, I i sang it and i sang my heart out sober by the way completely sober and people were like i was not expecting that rap for you to kill the rap part or even all of it but you fucking killed it a oh, part of my language but like they were like you killed it or you know these are also my friends like i don't right, know or like right. most of have these people are my friends um but yeah, they were like, I wasn't expecting you to get down with the rap, but you did it. You were great. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. There's no video footage because I, thankfully, I didn't want any of that. But, you know. You had I, everyone turn in their, their phones before you got on stage. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Before. Smart move, but smart um, that song, you guys, like, I listened to that. I'm like, I kind of want that album or like the CD or whatever it is. I need to figure out how to get it but and pay and give them my money. Because, you know, technically I haven't been paid for Turning Red because I saw it on Disney Plus. But yeah, it's, oh God, it's so good. It's so good. You know, I knew this was going to be your number one, so I didn't bring it up in my honorable mentions, but it would have appeared there because I was like, you know what? I don't want to spoil this and mention it now only to have been brought up now because I knew it was going to be so high up for you. So I was like... You know, it would it is in my honorable mention, so I'll say it now retroactively. Right. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right, my number one. And I guess I've alluded to this already, and you guys can probably expect it. And obviously, I feel like if anyone does this, you know, it it would probably be their number one of the, at least of the year. For me, this might be number one of my life so far. Okay. And that is driving across the country. So, wow. you know, okay. I drove across the United States, as, as listeners may have already known, and as I've already mentioned, I used to live on the West Coast. I now currently live on the East Coast, which has allowed me to, you know, see Tiffany Moore, see Matt for the first time right at his wedding, and just, I, you know, hopefully in the future, just see each other more often. But I drove the whole way, you know, packed up my Honda Civic and drove 2,900 miles from San Jose, California to nondescript location in Virginia that I will not specifically point out <laughs> yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. Do you want to just and, uh, leave your address at the tagline of this? this sure, sure, sure. It'll be in the show notes below in the timestamps, <laughs> yeah. specifically for anyone that wants to uh, mail us something you know, for the show because um, we don't have a P.O. box currently. 
and it took a little over 40 hours but yeah i drove the whole way you know some things i want to also just add on to that drove the whole way without listening to the radio once wow no podcasts nothing and that's mostly because my dad joined me on my journey uh he flew from virginia to san jose and he was with me the whole way and so it was six days of driving you know didn't stop in many places um but i did the two notable places i were able to visit on this drive back because i took the southern route Mm -hmm. across the country where i visited the petrified national forest in arizona uh which is a national park that basically is a collection of at this point it's barrens because it's all you know desert flatlands Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was impacted by a meteor you know way back in the past and its claim to fame is there's a lot of petrified trees there that were petrified due to the blast of the impact wow. that essentially crystallized these trees. So, like, you see these tree trunks into, like, crystals. So they're, like, hard as rock, essentially. And it's, it was really interesting. You know, it's I don't think there's many other places, if any other places like this, especially in America. So it's definitely a once in a, uh, or it's a unique place to visit. And it's very easy to go through. You know, uh, my dad has a national park uh, pass because he is over the age to have one uh, where it's for the rest of his life. He can visit national parks for free and it's drivable. You can just drive straight through the park. They have a road paved. It wasn't too much of a detour. Um, And it was just great to see this area. And at the same time, also in Arizona, I visited Holbrook, which is actually the town that cars in cars one is modeled after really yeah so you know like the cozy cone yeah which is um based after the wigwam hotel in holbrook and the fire station at the end of that street is there too and so it was because cars is one of my favorite pixar movies of all time being able to actually have been in that town that it is modeled after was such a like surprised because I didn't know. Like I didn't realize until we were there and I stopped when I saw the Wigwam Hotel. I'm like, we got to stop here. I got to get pictures. And later I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is the town. Wow. That this movie was all after. And so that was such a great time to be there. Um, and yeah, just to cover the rest of it. I mean, it is, it's very uh, eye opening to put the country into perspective, right? Because I feel like a lot of people don't really perceive how big the u.s is Mm -hmm. as a country like in terms of how uh long it takes right you know over 40 hours of driving from coast to coast essentially and just how diverse it is right seeing the mountains of uh southern california going into arizona and then seeing the you know kind of mostly desert of new mexico and texas and then going into the midwest plains of oklahoma Arkansas, Tennessee, and then finally getting back to the East Coast. And so it was just really uh, nice to get that perspective, say, oh, wow, I, you better understand how different people live, even though we are all Americans here, right, mm-hmm. in the United States of America, how different just the country is in and of itself, let alone the culture, uh, because of the terrain and the weather and everything. So it's something that I'm definitely going to remember for the rest of my life, you know, and I also, I feel like very few people can say they drove across the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let alone, I just add on the addendum, didn't listen to the radio or music at all. And so I think that's just an extra qualifier that sets itself apart a little bit more. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be hard to top. And if we ever get there, you know, if we get to 10 years of the podcast, and we do a top six of the decade. Oh, that would be this awesome. will definitely be there too. 
Um, so, and maybe it could be like, you know, you got to pick from all of our top sixes. So I would guarantee this is at least in the top six for the decade, you know, speculatively, but yeah, it was a great experience. Highly recommend, you know, if you can afford to take the time off and, uh, be able to take that journey. Wow. Your number one was like the journey along the way. Like that's that's it. that's all we have to say you guys i mean this is a beefy episode i lo- this was a great I time i, I love it. being retrospective and talking about this stuff with you guys like uh, you know this this has been a hobby that's we've kept going for a while you know we had a little bit of a hiatus there but mm-hmm. spoiler alert it's because of relocation that yeah. that's really why we took that pause but you know we're, we're gonna try to keep going strong yeah like major life events matt getting married yeah. Tiffany traveling, you know, to Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. In D23, let's not forget, you guys. But yeah, it was very, very eventful year for us. But, you know, as always, we love we love doing this podcast, you know, for us and for our like four listeners out there. And thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also want to thank um, our fearless Grandmaster Doug for the sweet tunes. And so... Please like and subscribe, you know, on YouTube for our um, podcast episodes, as well as follow. You can give us a follow on Twitter at rxp underscore podcast for as long as that, you know, application holds out. We'll see, you know, if the overlord continues to kind of go on a decline. We'll see where we go with that. But we also have an email account that you can email us at at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. You know, tell us what your top experiences are. Did we miss something that you really, really recommend to us? You know, we just gave you, what is it, 18 things that you should maybe check out from this past year or, you know, previous so we recommend it. So feel free to recommend stuff to us and we'll add it to our list to go in. Can we also say that nobody overlapped? Like we all had unique, 18 unique items between the three we of did. us. We did. We did. You know, we usually part always of me overlap wonders, at least a little bit. Part of me wonders though. So like, you know, because we had our hiatus for like several months, like we didn't keep up with much. You know what I mean? Like, or mm-hmm. if we have a chance to talk more about it, deep dive, we're like, oh, dang, I'm in. There's only so much you can really convey in a text message, you know, mm-hmm. like my passions can't be, you know, my passions are limited in a yeah. in a verbal or, or sorry, in a written format. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Otherwise, Matt would have already watched <laughs> Turning Red by this point. I, you know, I think I might have just assumed that he got to it. I don't know. I was like raving from the rooftop since like, let me, I think it, in my head, I think it came out March 11th, 2022. Um, but I'm going to like double check that right now. Cause I don't know why this burned him. March 1st. My bad. Oh, okay. I knew there was a one in there. It came out March 1st. So for almost like 10 months, I've been out of control with this movie. Um, yeah, I think for Matt and I, the summertime was kind of that void period where a lot of things are happening, a lot of things are being settled, so not mm-hmm. not as much time to keep in touch with what our cohorts are doing. But as Matt mentioned, too, like I think it also just goes to show, despite us doing this podcast together, we are obviously different people and we have different tastes that we lean into. And so I think having 18 different experiences is very representative of who we truly are because this is where we kind of naturally lean Mm -hmm. when we don't have each other to be like check this out you know and like put in the (laughs) our face to the screen to be like watch this right now yeah like getting real up close to the camera right 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, look forward to next episode because mm-hmm. games, I mean, there's going to be overlap. Oh, yeah. Like, so. will there be? I, I think so. I think so. I or at least so. a couple games. Who knows? I mean, you know, that's... Maybe. that the Games is kind of what brought us together in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, me talking... Oh, I guess there'll be at least one overlap. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Highly likely. Yeah. Maybe. But also, I just want to mention, as Tiffany said, you know, share with us what you recommend in case it didn't make one of our ATMs, but also share the show with a friend in case you think they would enjoy our talks here. Yeah. yeah. Please do. And with that, we're ending this beefy episode. And thanks for listening and come back next time. Bye. So is it kind of like Dungeons and Dragons almost? Yeah, OG.